0: Reverend James Jane Summers. Part of it's hers, and part of it is what God has given me for our mothers. Oh, how great is the love of a mother. For we bless the mothers this day, no matter what has been done. And left undone. No matter what. Has been shoved under the bed. And regardless. Of what we missed. Last night. Father we believe that you can heal our hearts. And we believe that we can love yet again. And we believe that you are almighty. And all knowing. Father God we have cried. And we will continue to cry for the sake of the plans that you have for our children and our children's children and all that you have set forth for our lives. Renew us, restore us, encourage us and keep us for all that we may do to show love to others. We pray right now that whatever it is that we need from you, you will continue to give it to us over and over again. May the grace and love and mercy and the sadness that is in the midst of some of our hearts move away. Replace it, Lord, with joy, unspeakable joy. For we remember the twinkle of our children at all times. But we thank you that you never leave nor forsake us. May all that we need be in your hands. Thank you for the love. In Jesus' name, amen. Honey, could you uh, move my bag, please? Obviously, my phone wants to talk to me, and I'm not interested in talking back right now. But thank you. Before I read the scripture, I have to tell y'all, you know, some of our, y'all, y'all do realize that you have know, just learned how to text. Amen. And I just learned the difference between when your f- your, your phone rings one way, bling, bling, and... Bling, You know, it's a call or it's a text. So, you know, early this morning, I text one of my friends. Ah! And they probably trying to holler back at me. But it's not a good time. Amen. Amen. The phone don't know. But yes, God is still good. Amen. I'm not going to tell y'all how long it took me to text them back, but that's still all right. I'm in the learning process. You know, I'm slow on the curve. But I'm in the business. I'm, I'm getting there. All right, the scripture today uh, is uh, 1 John 4, 7 through 21. I'm going to lift that up. And uh, and the sermon uh, is called Abiding Love. So I want you to hear the title as I uh, put forth the scripture. Amen. I'll be uh, sharing this with you from the message translation, but you're welcome to uh, turn in your own Bibles, but the scripture is, 1 John 4, 7 through 21. My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed us his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damages that that they've done to our relationship with God. OK, my dear friends, dear, dear friends, if God loves us like this, we certainly ought to learn to love each other. One, no one has ever seen God, but if we love, we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen for ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent the Son as Savior of the world. Also, we've seen ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent his Son again to save the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God's Son, participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it in heart and soul. This love does come from God. Again, God is love. When we take up a permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has run of the house. It becomes a home and it matures us. So we're free of worry on Judgment Day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There's no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. So since fear is crippling, a, fear, a fear-filled life is full of death and it's fearful of judgment. It is n- One, not only fully formed in love. We, though, are going to love, we are to be loved and love. Here's the part that really grabs my heart. First, Jesus loved us. Now we love. He loved us first. If anyone boasts that I love God and gets... keeps right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it, then that person is a liar. If he won't love the person he can't see, then how can he declare that he loves God? The command we have from Christ is truly blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You've got to love them both. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I thank you, Lord, that there is a love relationship between you and us and us in you. Father God, we thank you that it's not conditional. It's not based on what happened yesterday. Lord, I thank you that it's present and it's now. Move me behind the cross. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable unto you. Let an anointing flow and continue to flow upon the hearts and minds and souls of all who are here. And Lord, as the word goes forth, don't let it come back void. For if there's anyone in the sound of my voice that doesn't yet know your love, I pray that today, Something will change. May the abiding love of Jesus Christ be with us always. Amen. Thank you, ushers. I appreciate uh, you serving today. You may be seated. And I thank God for all who are here this day. I want to begin this discussion of love in a place of prayer. Sometimes we are struggling with life and we don't know how to pray. The book of worship helps me a lot of times find the words even when I may be struggling My mother's in Pennsylvania and I am here. I have been in Texas for 20 years. It's been almost 20 years since I've seen my mother on a Mother's Day. It doesn't affect me until that day comes. When my mother and I get together, The blessing for us is we celebrate everything at one time. We do Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter, birthday, New Year's, and any other particular celebrations. I don't know about you, but my mother is one that could have a party any day of the week. She'd make one phone call, do two or three things, and we'd have a party. I love her spirit. And I'm thankful that she shared that with me. The reason I start with this is it will help some of the siblings that's in the house this night, this day. I was the second child, or I should say I am the second child in my family. And I was considered the daddy's girl and my sister was considered the mother's girl. We didn't always see eye to eye, and there was a period of time where we just didn't talk. At that time, there was no such thing as talk to the hand, or I would have never lived to have this conversation with you this morning. Amen? Talk to the hand wasn't part of my growing up era, and even if it had been, I'm not sure we would have been able to pull it off. Amen? Amen? And, and, and so I was the one in the house that had all the questions. My sister took everything at face value, and I wanted to just know why. And my mother would come out and say, this is the last time I'm going to say this statement because I'm only going to say it once. And before I start saying it, I just want you to understand, don't ask me why when I'm finished. So I understood love, but I also understood what it meant to have abiding love before I understood what it meant to abide in God. For in my house, any grown person was as close to God as you were going to get. Amen? And whoever the grown person in the house was the grown person in charge. If it was your auntie, your sister, mama, whatever, Daddy, Pookie, whatever the charge line was, there was an adult in the house that was in charge and you needed to abide in their situation. I set it up like this because abiding means enduring, means sustaining. And in the sense of abiding love, the love that my family has for me is a type of abiding love but we struggled as the youngest daughter. I wanted my own identity. I wanted certain things and I just needed to be in charge. God help us all. The important thing was my mother never allowed that thought to penetrate her mind. You can want to be in charge, but I what brought you in the world and I'll take you out. I, I didn't consider that a statement of abiding love. I mean, I felt like that was pretty hard and direct. And I really wanted to ask the question after that one was, if I don't finish this meal, can you send it to any country? But again, I still wanted to live, you know what I mean? I mean, I wanted to know that they loved me, but I figured if I asked the question, can you send these peas and carrots to any country in the world, I would not live long enough to... Get the postage on the box. Abiding love in my house dealt with listening, paying attention, respecting, and honor. It wasn't until I became a parent that some of these words came to pass. For mothers, sometimes we struggle to be strong. Sometimes we don't know what it means to be sustained by God, but loving God, you have given us mothers to show us nourishment through prayer and supplication. Will you bless the women to have the strength and the faith to press forward? Will you keep us? In perfect peace, why is that important? Because in the 21st century, if you're going to have an abiding relationship with Jesus Christ and you're going to embrace what it means to love God, you need to first decide you want to know God. God already knows us, He helped. In every aspect of the creation, developed it, designed it, we are the creation of a true and living God. No matter what you may think about who you are and what you may think about your family situation, God has sent his love in each and every one of us. Parents, sometimes you think, how can I love This child that has such a special room, any special room people in here, you just can't seem to get everything up off the floor. And no matter what happens, a cup sneaks back in under the bed next to just any old thing. We had a rule in our house. You couldn't have food above the first floor. We had a second floor and a basement. So food couldn't be in the basement and food couldn't be on the second floor. And we would always wonder because, you know, it seemed like our parents didn't have to abide in that particular rule. Amen. But the interesting thing about it was they knew how to take their plate back to the kitchen and they knew how to put things in a different place on most occasions. But to abide in love also means to respect. And there are times when in our relationships, we forget what it means to respect and love. Have you ever been in a grocery store? And you just want to get in and get out. And the line you get in seems really, really short. And you're just going along. And all of a sudden, that shopping cart that's missing from the person standing in front of you shows up from around the other side. They were just placing and standing there holding that place in line. And their place is right in front of you. To abide in love sometimes means to just say, Lord, why do you allow this to happen in the grocery store? I just need to get in and get out. And you say to yourself, it's more than 10 items in this cart. Surely they know they're in the wrong line. And then you see about three or four people come up and all of their stuff. So that one cart represents A couple different families. Will you abide in the love of Jesus Christ and just stay steadfast, unmovable, joyful in the Lord? Or will you simply say, excuse me, is it possible for me to go in front of you? Because I just need to get in and get out. So part of abiding in love also means that we need to learn how to be truthful where we are, to speak the truth in love and then to have a loving expression when we do. Because part of what we realize is that if we're going to abide in God's love, we have to model it and live it in all areas of our lives. The grocery store was a strange spot in our house because there were certain grocery stores you went to and you walked and you could come back home. That was before we could drive. And then there was other grocery stores that were part of the grocery store process where mom and dad went in the grocery store and we stayed in the car in the 21st century here right now in 2009 that you know you might get locked up in texas but if pennsylvania and your daddy was a cop you sit in that car and you sit there until i get back and don't talk to no anybody so the bottom line is part of abiding in love was to recognize that love shows up in your immediate family, in the grocery store, in school, even at the gas pump. God's presence is everywhere. You cannot run away from the love of God. You can close your door. You can put your iPod on. Then you can put the super hat over your iPod. You can put your sunglasses on. You can be incognito and still God will get through because he loves you, and he needs us to understand. I'm bigger in the situation, and you and I are in relationship, and there's something I've called you to do. There was a quote that I thought was very interesting. This book is called A Gift from God, and it's by Larry Mercer. And it talks about the fundamental principles of biblical parenting. There's a chapter in here for mothers, and there's a chapter in here for fathers. So when I get to Father's Day, I'm going to share some of my thoughts about the fathers. But today, these are examples of what it means to experience a godly mother. Franklin Graham who is the son of Billy Graham, writes about his mother in a book called Rebel with a Cause. He talks about the fact that his dad was on the road a whole lot, and his mom did not complain. If the washer machine broke down, she never said, you wait until your daddy gets home, and we'll fix that. He said the greatest gift that his mom gave him in continuous love was the reality that she never said, wait until dad gets home. And she handled life and loved life and taught life and experienced the ups and downs of what it means to raise a child and still have the love of Christ. Why is that important? Because some of our situations in life, our life is being tested with regards to abiding love. We know that God is love. We've read it a thousand times. We know it in our mind. But somehow right now, we want to know, how do I just let God love me? How How do I abide? How do I stay the course? How do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? How do I feel, God, right now? I'm at the end of my rope, and I'm just barely hanging on abiding in God's love, getting up every day, asking God to touch and agree with me and pray and talk to me, I want to know. The abiding love of Jesus Christ occurs through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through the move of God, but through the simple statement of recognizing that Jesus is beyond and close. He is far and near. He is with us always. His love is real. He has been resurrected. He lives and he is. And he said, but Pastor, you haven't been to school. You haven't seen my situation. I understand you haven't seen mine either. But he is still an awesome God. John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist movement, his mother's name was Susanna Wesley. She had 19 children and a difficult marriage, had faced fire in her house. Her husband went to prison, and she was stretched from side to side in difficult times. But it says that she honored God. And loved God. And two of her sons have one of the strongest witnesses in who God is. John Wesley wrote over 42,000 sermons and 233 books. Charles Wesley, his brother, wrote over 8,000 hymns. And they believed in the revival and the move of a true and living God. They went to places that no one would go. They stood in towns and in in the side of people who never thought they'd hear a preach word. They were enthusiastic about who God is. Did they struggle with life? Yes. Did they believe God to be who he is? Yes. But one of the greatest experiences that are lifted up in John Wesley's life is called the Aldersgate experience where he was wanting to know what it meant to relate to a true and living God and the Holy Spirit snatched up John Wesley. His life was never changed and believe it or not, he spent the rest of his life knowing that God was real. Beyond the mystery of that moment. Why is that important to us? Because we all have a personal family. We all have a challenge in our lives. We all struggle with something. But when we get down to the narrowest and the finest details of life, the crucial thing that we need to understand says that God commanded that we love him. And we love people. It's not either or it's not, well, I'm going to love God and I'm going to leave you alone. Why am I saying that now? Because sometimes the first and most present love that we receive is from our mother, our father, our sisters, our brother, our immediate families. And sometimes that's a struggle. Sometimes we go to a church and we don't meet pleasant people. We meet people who are hurting. Why well, just stop by to say the church is for all people? People are going to come and they are hurting. People are going to come and they are struggling. But somewhere your testimony of how good God is is going to awaken a spirit in their heart, transform their lives, and do something you never thought could be done. They come to know Christ for themselves. So the abiding love sometimes begins with simply a prayer. I learned this experience at a camp. The closing exercise of the camp was that we traced, not with our dominant hand, we actually, if you're right-handed, you actually traced your right hand. And they didn't say how your hand could get traced. But they invited us to say, if you know that you love God, will you ask for help? And they showed us just the simple gesture of reaching out to somebody and saying, how is it that I can help you? By the end of that exercise, people were working together to trace their hands. And then they put the hands on the table. And they said, before you leave, take a hand with you. And I said, excuse me? They said, oh, just take a hand with you. I said, well, do I get to pick whose hand it is? And they said, just take the one that's right on top. I said, oh, okay. And they said, you may not know the person. I said, well, you know, again, the why in me said, I don't don't see their telephone number, how I'm going to get in touch with them afterwards. And they said, we serve a true and living God. Just take a hand. And pray for that person. I took that hand and I've been praying. And from time to time, I run across the stuff that I had from that camp, and that person's hand is still in that spot. So, abiding love means that we can acknowledge what it means to know God and for God to know us. We can also acknowledge the unknown in our lives, the mysteries in our faith. We can also acknowledge that there's just a lot of things that we have not matured spiritually yet. But God's love is sufficient. And he said, I believe you will come along the way and somebody will reach out and say, can I help you? And they will grab your hand and something will happen in their, in their lives, in your life. And somebody else will come out and ask, is this something I can do for you? And then you may walk up to somebody one day and say, I don't know you, but can I pray for you? So the abiding love becomes lived out in community by faith in lots of different ways. But the greatest gift this day is that no matter where you are and what's going on in your life, the abiding love of Jesus Christ is covering you with the love, grace, and mercy of a true and living God. He is hearing your prayers. If it's for healing, he knows where you need to be healed. If it is just renewing and starting a relationship again with God, he's saying, I've never left and I'm still here. But if it's simply, I just want to learn how to walk and start my life right where I am, sometimes it's just a matter of saying, put your hand out. And see if the abiding love of Christ will meet you where you are. And somebody that you least expect will be part of the abiding love in Christ Jesus. Don't miss your blessings this morning, mothers. Don't miss the people who want to help you. Don't let the love disappear. Because of an argument you had with your kids yesterday, tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Tomorrow is not promised to any of us. But we have today. If you haven't talked to your mother in the last whatever length of time cause y'all fell out. I'm inviting you to fall back in. Just fall in with her for the day. Let the abiding love of Christ grab hold to your heart. My mama calls every day. I used to argue, mama don't call so early. But one day she didn't call, and I called her. I said, You all right? You all right, mama? You ain't called me this morning. I treasure those moments. And I close with this somebody sent me a note. And it talked about where we are in this stage of our relationships. At one point, you know nothing. Then when you're about 13, you know everything. Then you're 19 and you know some things. When you're 25, you're trying to check out a few things. And then when you're 30, you want to meet your mama again. Because she knows a lot of things. And then right around 70, you wish you could talk to her again face to face. For the abiding love of Christ is real. May the joy of the Lord be upon you. May all the blessings that you can think of or imagine multiply in a powerful way. For if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I hope you get to know him. Because truly to abide in him is to know that he is love to God. Be the glory. Amen. Praise God.